All right. Get them, get them, get the moms up. So I got, I got my own now, though. I got, I got my own now, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get into that right quick. I'm gonna get into that right. I'm gonna get into that right quick. But right now, it's still Wakanda forever. This is pandemonium. What'd you say, Ryan? Agent Reeves over here. Yeah, y'all stepping, y'all stepping on my joke, man. Y'all stepping. Yeah. I, that's basically yeah. That's basically what I was gonna say. We representing all of, we representing all of uh, Wakanda forever here. This is a Fandomodia War Media, our latest uh, special pop culture discussion. Uh, just talking about things that make us all excited in the pop culture realm, and uh, we gonna uh, review the uh, Wakanda Forever explosive epic second chapter of the. Black Panther series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, like Saul and Ryan has alluded to, we got representatives from Wakanda, Talakan, and the the, uh, the colonizers here. Uh, we got representatives from all of them. <laughs> Me and Demond representing Wakanda, Saul representing the, the underwater Mexicans, and, uh, and, and and Ryan is with the CIA, man. He just he just over here eavesdropping is uh, everything, man. Hey, Ryan got a lane though. There you go, Ryan got a lane. Yeah. <laughs> I manage it. I mean, hey, we gonna talk a little bit about Everett Ross uh in the in the, when we come we're gonna talk about a little bit of everything with this movie because uh, spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the movie already, I would think if you are interested enough to watch this or listen to this podcast, uh, you know you probably have watched the movie already. It's been three three uh, weeks out, uh, three weekends out, and um, you know we had we we had you no know, give credit to the minds here. Uh, you know I I was able to I was part of a group that was able to see the film in the first weekend. Uh, because the minds was kind enough to help rent out a screening or a rent, rent out a theater at the uh, it used to be the Arc Light up by uh, North and uh, North Hall, North Halstead, uh, North and Clybourne here in Chicago. Yeah, it's, a, it's an AMC. Crash. Somebody tried to crash. I don't know. I got That's another. That's, I can. I can. I can. <laughs> so, somebody tried to crash the screening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't see me up and up talking to them two ladies that was in the front. You. you Hey, you want to post? Also, they weren't they weren't invited. I didn't know, no, I didn't know them. <laughs> no, they came in like we bought tickets. You like, how did this? like I don't think so, lady. I had to go get the manager. I've never done that. I, you know what? Real quick, real quick, sidebar, cuzzo. Because this, this is a good story. Got to get his Karen on. <laughs> I never, I have never ever actually went and got a manager about anything. Typically. <laughs> I'm like, listen, I charge for the game, whatever. Y'all here, y'all here, you here, whatever. Hey, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it pushing, right? But something in the back of my head was like, I rented this theater out like two months ago. You ain't supposed to be here. So I, w- I went and got the manager. I'm like, I think because possibly they could have just been in the wrong theater, which they were. But I was like, yo, these two ladies, I don't know them. I rented out my theater like a couple months ago. Can you kind of talk to them? He's like, oh, no problem, sir. Walked on in there, talked to the lady. 
Ladies got up. They left. I'm good. Sitting back in the popcorn. He didn't come back in going back to these seats. I said, well, what the hell is this? I said, what? what's going on? And the guy comes over like, yo, they saw this on Facebook. They supposed to be here. I said, what are you talking about? I said, can I put this on Facebook? <laughs> I like, Which one of my cousins is this up? <laughs> Which one of my cousins is put this on Facebook? They, they, they clicked we going. They, they clicked we going. So that's it. That's all they had to do. Like, Which one of my cousins said this? So I'm like, no, they ain't supposed to be here. So I talked to the guy. I talked to the manager again. And he's like, man, they showed me uh, the plug up, everything on their phone. 315. <laughs> excuse me, 315. Uh, this theater, New City. Professional crashers here, D. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> so I was. I'm, I'm, and there was two sisters. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, go ahead, go I'm ahead. sorry, D. I was trying to get close to one of them. You know, I hey, sent them the invite. If you would have you said something, I'm like, hey, all right, cool. Right? I want to try to the game. So yeah, wait, so, 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 they kicked out my little, they kicked out my little. You did. Yeah. Off, off so, so, um, nah, just... they was like, they was like, yeah, they supposed to be here. So I'm like, nah, they ain't supposed to be here. So my auntie Mimi, our cow's cousin as well, she walked past. I'm like, yo, did you tell somebody about this? Or you know, somebody's like, no, like they ain't supposed to be here. So I went. I'm like, I told the guy, like, listen, I don't know what's going on here, but they ain't supposed to be here, right? So he got him up again, and the, one of the girls, one of she was. About, probably about my age, maybe a little bit younger. She's like, yo, ain't this the theater? I'm, I'm, she's showing me. I'm like, lady, I got this theater like two weeks ago. Like, no, you ain't supposed to be here. There's a crazy thing about it. What makes it even wilder? A dispensary booked it out. And the dispensary put the wrong time on the plug. Oh, oh, they was all high then, so yeah. <laughs> everybody was high. So I'm like, so I'm like, listen, I ain't mad at you. Is this the 415? <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, and the one lady's like, such and such wouldn't be sending us off like this. I'm like, man, you ain't supposed to be here. So I'm like, listen. Also, too, I'm like, listen, ladies, y'all came in a little bit late. Y'all probably want to go to see another theater. So the manager was like, listen, I got y'all for free. I'll put y'all in another theater. Don't worry about it. I got you. So the lady was like, oh, you know, it's a crazy coincidence. I'm like, yeah, it really was. So as we're leaving, we all watch the movies, Cal and I, you know, Jason, Josh. We all talked around talking to movies. As I'm walking out, who do I see set, setting up in the oh. theater? The dispensary people. I was like, damn it. You people got the wrong phone. Oh, y'all folks coming to my theater. I bought it. <laughs> So I was like, Chanel was like, damn it. But anyway, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know all that was happening, but I, we had a good time though. Like I said, it was, it was friends and family and a couple of crashes tried to get in who uh, saw that screening. But these is, is wound up seeing the movie. Orders over here. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, what do you say, Ryan? D is like Wakanda protecting his borders over here. <laughs> hey, listen, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I feel kind of bad, but at the same time, I was like, I got this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, ladies. I mean, I'm yeah, and that would have that kept out some people who probably would put down money to, to yeah. get in. Yeah, it wouldn't Yeah, it's the isolationist and anti isolationist thing boiled down. You know, into uh, into one, you know. Uh, hey, anyway, but 
But D wound up as wound up seeing it three times. Mm-hmm. Saul and Ryan, how how have you seen the movie? I've seen it twice. Wow, see, I'm the only one who see the once. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not I'm not representing, man. But hey. <laughs> but but we we've all put down money. Nobody's bootlegged it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh the movie the movie so far has made uh, uh, uh over six hundred million dollars at the box office. It's been it's a, it classifies as another hit. I don't know if it's you could say it's as big of a hit as the first one. The first one is made over made over a billion dollars in this run. It was a it was truly a, a, a cultural phenomenon when it came out. It's hard to to beat that first instance of you know Black Panther coming out because it meant so much to everybody that you know you had a black superhero and this type of you know just the, the whole representation of the of the moment was a truly special time for, you know, for comic book fans, but it, it extended to so many other people in general. And, uh, you know, like I say the energy not necessarily has been matched with this movie, but uh, we're going to, we're going to give you our opinion on if the movie itself as a creative act, you know, if it lives up to the the series uh, as it is, you know, there's going to be more Black Panther to come, you know, expected either on the big screen or, uh, likely on Disney Plus as well uh, as part of that growing uh, Marvel TV empire. But uh, you know, we just go. We gonna get into the review here, and uh, also later uh, towards the end of the show, we are gonna talk a little bit about the discussion that's emerged in recent days about uh, Marvel actors and you know, are they really movie stars? Something that Quentin Tarantino has uh, sparked up uh, with a discussion there, but. Uh, First, like I said, we're going to get to this movie here, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, you know, spoilers. Like I said, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you'll expect spoilers. If you have, of course, uh, you know what's going on. But uh, just a, a, an overall overview of the movie. Of course, uh, it comes uh, in the wake of Chadwick Boseman's death, which, uh, you know, is a big discussion surrounding whether uh, T'Challa, his character, of course, the Black Panther, should be recast. Uh, should we have T'Challa still alive in the MCU, but played by another uh, by another actor uh, besides Chadwick Boseman, who passed tragically in 2020? Um, you know, they didn't go with that. They decided to send off T'Challa in the main MCU universe, as it were. And, of course, they used doing that in the film as sort of a meta thing uh, to send off Chadwick, the man who they all, you know, you know, so many people in real life admired him and felt him to be a leader in the community and the culture and the king uh, as, it, as it was in that area as well, just like the Wakandans saw T'Challa as a king. So you start off the movie with a, a a great uh, use of the Marvel Studios overlay. Uh, they have a bunch of imagery of of, of uh, Chadwick acting as T'Challa throughout the years in Marvel, and uh, they have the the Black Panther, the purple sort of Black Panther color uh, over the Marvel Studios logo, and you go right into this whole uh, uh, send off, this whole Wakandan. Uh, you know, uh, 
you know. Let me see. Am I coming through? Yeah, you do it. something yeah. came up on me. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we, oh, let me start. So we start off with the this whole Wakandan uh, ceremony of. of that's not necessarily a funeral, but they, uh, a home going was kind of what we call it here in America. But uh, they they sent off uh, the character T'Challa right in the Wakandan uh, tradition, as it were. And the movie it doesn't deal a lot with you know directly with T'Challa, but it deals with it deals with it thematically. But it's not the movie isn't about like. Oh, how do we replace T'Challa so much as it's about how the characters all deal with losing T'Challa. But the movie is still very much about, it's, it's still very much its own adventure and its own, you know, uh, its own thing, but it's set in this time where they, Wakanda is, can't help but feel a little bit weakened because of the loss of T'Challa. And it also deals narratively well you know back to the first movie where you had the destroying the the destroying of the heart-shaped herb that uh killmonger put into effect in that first movie the heart-shaped herb is utilized for the black panther to be to become the fact for a wakanda to become the black panther to uh you know you take in the heart-shaped herb and you visit the the ancestors and the ancestral plane and all that you know so they, you have the lack of the heart-shaped herb, you have T'Challa being passed on, and you have a Wakanda that is weakened very much so as a nation and as a society. And, you know, into that void comes the Talakans. I think, am I saying it right? Talachans or Tal- Talakan? Talakan. Yeah, Talakan, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, as, as we, as we, you know, part of the expectation of this movie, the anticipation was the, uh, uh, the introduction of Namor, uh, the, the Submariner, one of the very first Marvel characters in, in comics, actually. Uh, he's, he makes his debut in the MCU in this movie and actually, you know, extends what in the comics in recent years, has been quite a, a you know an epic back and forth between uh, what is in the comic books is known as Atlantis, mm-hmm. uh, under you know the other underwater capital and uh, the underwater nation and um, Wakanda. They've been battling a lot in the Black Panther comics and everything. And you've had T'Challa, of course, still alive in the comics. He's been more of the rival with uh, with Namor. But here, of course, somebody else has to take on that battle, and that winds up being uh, Shuri, who, uh, you know, again, has been the Black Panther at times in the comics, but, you know, so the controversy has been there about her, whether she is, should be the com- well, should be the Black Panther at this point in the movies. But, you know, as I say, spoilers, she is the Black Panther by the end of the movie. And uh, she becomes, uh, so takes on the mantle, and she becomes the leader of Wakanda in the battle against Namor and Talakan. Uh, you know, basically, you, you know, so you have that going on. You have, uh, you know, they they introduce the Iron Heart character, 
Riri Williams, a young uh, black woman from America who takes on certain technology that Tony Stark she's first put queen. into use. Oh, well, and she's from Inglewood. Get that straight. Inglewood, yeah, Chicago. She's from Inglewood. Inglewood, like like the mom. That's, that's why he's bringing that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Inglewood native in the in the book in the, in the comic books. But they don't. They don't. They only. They mention Chicago a little bit. Like they mention like the Bulls or something. And she has yeah, some stuff in the room. Stuff in her room, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. But she in the movie, she's uh, studying at MIT in Boston. So uh, you know, they they come across uh, they come across her Wakandans do because she apparently has discovered a uh, she's created a machine that can discover uh, you know other sources of vibranium and and it's you know previously thought that the only vibranium is in Wakanda but at the early part of the movie after they had the send off to uh T'Challa uh the movie really starts getting going narratively when there's this whole uh that there's discovery of vibranium in the sea uh the Talakans sort of uh you know have that deposit that they're protecting of of the the deposit of the of uh, the vibranium that they're protecting, and uh, you know, they they off some uh, Navy people, U.S. Navy people, and then, you know you have the whole issue of the U.S. the U.S. Uh, uh, being involved in trying to find uh, vibranium, and they you know they meddling and stuff in in, in Wakandan affairs via Everett Ross and CIA. Uh, it's actually when you think about it, it's a lot going on in this movie. It's and, uh, a lot. It's, it, yeah. it's a real packed in movie. You got to be able to decipher. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's two hours and forty minutes, which puts it in the realm of the of the longer Disney movies period. But uh, I didn't I didn't really feel that it was in taking it in, mm. at least through my my viewing of it, that it was too long. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe you guys had different feelings. Like, no, all you guys have seen them multiple times, so maybe you had different feelings on that. But, I, you know, without going even more, I guess we'll go more and more into the story as we talk here. But I, I, I don't, I'll take up too much time, I think, if I try to go point for point yeah. with the narrative. But basically, you know, you got the war between Talakan, a war, a war between Talakan and Wakanda. You have the CIA and other nations like France becomes this antagonistic. Uh, the nation of France becomes antagonistic towards Wakanda. Uh, the Queen, uh, uh, Queen Ramonda, mm-hmm. uh, of course, uh, Charles' mother, uh, played by Angela Bassett. The Queen Angela Bassett uh, is uh, up front and in, in, in representing Wakanda at the beginning of the movie. Uh, we'll talk later about why she isn't there at the end of the movie, but uh, at the beginning of the movie, she's represented Wakanda. She's uh, at the UN or whatever, you know, telling them the, you know, that they're not going to be messing with Wakanda, you know, talking big and bad and all that. And uh, like I say you got that, you got the CIA stuff, you got Riri Williams, who becomes uh, a, a target for Talakan, but Wakanda wants to protect her. And, uh, that's pretty much the main story elements, but uh, 
you know, as I, I'll throw it out to you guys, like just overall, your 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 reflections of the movie, your your takes on it. You, you no, know, did you did you think this was a suitable uh, sequel? Did did it live up to the hype? Did it live up to the standard of the first movie? Hmm. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I think for me, for me at least, it's it's a completely different movie, which I appreciate because you can't really replicate the first Black Panther, right? You got to do something different. You look at Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick is Top Gun with a sprinkle of Mission Impossible, something different. So with this, you wanted to a do a do have a um, uh, as you said, because of a good home going in a, in a theatrical similar cinema sense for Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa, Black Panther. So you was able to get that. I mean, they tried to make you cry. I didn't cry, but they was whoo, they was pulling the pull, 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 strings, the hard strings for that one. They really were. But it was different. And the reason why I really liked it and I enjoyed it is because they took, well, I mean, they really didn't have my, I guess they could have went other ways, but I was happy that they kind of put the women uh, in front, if you want to say, of this movie. They drove the movie. You had the Dola Milaje, you had Lupita Nyong'o's character, you had Angela Bassett's character, you had Riri Williams' character. <clears throat> so you had... A very, you what's it just to jump in? You know, those are all except for Riwi, those were all major elements of the first movie as well. They were, they were. were. Well, I mean, that that is part of what's that? I'm just saying, as far as the the overall uh Black Panther, uh, you know, the overall Black Panther story goes, it's Mm -hmm. it also when we talk about what makes it progressive and sort of like uh groundbreaking not only in the way that it dealt with black characters and, and empower black characters, but the way that it empowers women as well in yeah. the Marvel universe. So that's, that's been a part of black Panther ethos. And it, it, like, like it, you say, cause they, they, they doubled down on that in this movie because you had T'Challa no longer involved. Exactly. I mean, they could have went with a, hey, we're going to make just Winston Duke, the black Panther, but they didn't go that route. They yeah. had, they had, they had other avenues they could have went, but they didn't do that. But I was glad that they didn't do that. I was glad that they kind of like uh, made it made it a female centric superhero movie. Listen, at the end of uh, Endgame, when they had the big battle going against Thanos, they had the whole women kind of team up, and it was like, oh man, maybe we'll get this, maybe be like an A Force kind of a thing. Well, you kind of got like you kind of got that already within Wakanda Forever because, like I said, it was a female driven superhero. This was a black female driven superhero movie. And I think a lot of people coming in didn't know what to expect. And I don't know how a lot of people kind of took that in. I don't know if they was looking for that. I mean, because most comic book movies are really male-driven um, uh, forms of entertainment. This was a first well, And, and of- you look at, you you look too at, like, we'll, we'll, we'll do probably more of this discussion in the next uh, mm-hmm. session we do. But when you look at phase four of it, of Marvel, a lot of it has dealt with more uh, women characters, more women characters at the front of everything, whether you're talking about WandaVision or uh, Miss Marvel or Mm She-Hulk. And She-Hulk in particular dealt with a lot of the backlash that has come from, you know, mostly male 
uh, yeah. comic book nerds and, they, and stuff. Right? They put that front and center in the actual episode too. I mean, in 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 the actual show. Right. So I would say, I said, right. okay. so you you have. I, I, I say right quick, you have this movie coming in the wake of all that. Yeah. And I, you know, I I don't know about about y'all. I haven't really heard much backlash. You know, not audibly in the way of like, well, you know, uh, yeah, this is all about black people, like. You, you got certain things that certain voices that you know pop up every now and then on the internet, but you know, as far as the speaking to the quality of the movie, I don't think I've heard anybody say this whack or anything because it's too female centric. No, I don't think anybody's going to come out and say, "Oh, it's too male female, it's too female centric." <laughs> you have a lot of people coming out saying, "Like, well, you know what? It was, it's, well, it, in my opinion, too, it wasn't as good as the first one." But the yeah. difference was the fact that it was a female-centric superhero movie, a black female superhero-centric movie. You know, so that was a little bit of a difference. But I, you know what? Like I said, I kick it up, kick it up, uh, so will Orion. But I really enjoyed it. I love the fact that they took a hard left, mainly because they had to because of uh, Chad's uh, death. They was to bring it. They was able to bring in uh, the Mexican influence uh, into it. So you had that black and brown love. I like that portion of it. So it touched on a lot of different things. And I like, I always like, last point, I always like the fact of how Marvel movies kind of go beyond just the, the boom and the bam and the power and the fighting and the scenes, whatever like that. It actually says something. Now, does it hit everybody? I don't know. But I think with Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige kind of at least in, for the most part, letting him kind of do his own thing, but still keep it within the box of a Marvel, of an MCU movie, they're able to go different places and talk to different people more than a lot of other forms of entertainment, at least in the tentpole popcorn kind of sense. They let he, they they are able to navigate and go into different waters. And I like the fact that they did that for Wakanda forever. It was not like the first one, the Malcolm and the, the Malcolm and the Martin kind of a, uh, the fight, if you want to say, between the child and Killmonger. But you had something different between two groups of people who had who know who have throughout the history on this planet have been robbed and and and, and, and uh, of their uh, resources. They're talking about it yeah. with each other. They understand it, but at the same time, it's kind of like, "But yo, bro, I gotta take care of my own. I know you gotta take care of your own, but we gotta we gotta figure this out." And that happens in reality. It ha- it's happening right now as we speak somewhere. So I love the fact that they're able to navigate that through a comic book movie. You know, it's the type it's the type of subject matter that you rarely see broached in any type of uh, you know mainstream pop culture uh, presentation. You know, comic book or otherwise. You know, influence comic book influence or otherwise. And you know, saw that this. I'll just throw this to you right quick, like. You know, D, D mentions black and brown love, but there is a bit of black and brown warship in the movie as well. It was, and, yes, yes. you know, yeah, and and and, and and you know, in real life, that's that is an issue in in certain uh, certain areas of the country. You know, uh, we we'll, we can be pitted against each other by certain forces, but uh, you know. It, uh, you, you can speak on that if you like, Saul, but, you know, first, you know, give your overall take on the film. 
No, yeah, I like that. I mean, I think uh, anytime I've uh, given my opinion on this movie, I always go with uh, it. Kind of felt like Civil Warish, like the like the, the um, Captain America, because like a lot, some people actually mm-hmm. like com- complain. I have some friends who complain like, oh, it's like a mini Avengers movie. Like you know, it's for example Civil War, and they're like, oh, it's like a, a little mini Avengers. But I think that's what I like about it, like that it's not an Avengers movie, but it feels like an Avengers movie in some way because it, so much happens in it. But uh, and like and when you kind of when you guys made a point or said that you haven't heard a lot of backlash, I I always with movies that I like or that do do well, I do make a point of like seeing the people that didn't like it just just to see what they said. And the only the only thing I kept seeing over and over again is people that didn't like it is just they think it's too much in a movie, mm-hmm. and like they thought it was just too jam packed. So, so mm-hmm. as you guys said, uh, but I think it worked out well, and I think uh, I did have a, a question as to how they were going to pass on the torch. Uh, to Shuri, because I just, I just assumed because in the comic books that's how they had it, um, and uh, you know they had it in I think in one of the comic books she she becomes Black Panther, right? So, um, I was kind of in question yeah. of how they were gonna do it, and I liked I liked the fact that they had it to where it was it was not as simple as uh as her becoming uh Black Panther and and it being smooth process, right? It was like she um you know she has that uh conversation with uh, uh Michael B Jordan's character. And Killmonger, so it, yeah. it was. I liked it. It was way deeper. I didn't expect that. So um, I definitely liked that. And yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So and and, and I mean, a hundred percent. I think um, the representation uh, of of you know the Mexican culture, the Aztec culture in the movie was awesome. Um, I thought they did it like amazingly. And I've never seen that before in a movie like this. So it's cool to see that. Um, and I kind of kind of made me understand a little bit of like the what the, like the first black panther did you know and i thought like that, that was so awesome to like see that like seeing like you know culture representation like that um but yeah it was cool and, and then also i mean and and kind of what uh demands was saying a little bit of what uh, marvel does with with certain meanings and stuff i like that their their villains also aren't two dimension or sorry aren't aren't two dimensional they're like they're like so many layers to these guys and um and they have a point exactly yeah yeah and it's it's almost like they're not it's almost like they're not bad. They're just, they think differently. Right. It's almost like it's, it's weird how they do it. Cause he, you know, try to get you in there. And, but what you said, I, I kind of thought about this, that guy, you know, the more I think about the movie, the more I thought about that too, is like, I was like, for, at first I was like, damn, they do kind of pin, pin together, uh, like, you know, Brown and black people. But, but I think it's more of like the point of why they're doing it. Right. It's, they're being separated because uh, obviously uh, other countries are trying to get the vibranium and this, this and that. So it's, it's, it's a way more bigger uh, meaning that, cause I did see some uh, uh, of people saying that and like seeing being that part of it or being the negative part of the movie. But uh, I mean, th- there's plenty of different ways you can go about it, but for me, for sure, I, I liked it. And, and yeah, I liked that it didn't try to be the first black Panther, you know, it's like its own separate thing. And I think they can only go up from here for sure. But there's a piece that uh, uh, the writer Torre wrote for the Grio. I shared it with y'all mm. a little earlier today. How many of y'all got to read it? But yeah, and he spoke to that in mm. regards to you know the whole the the dynamic of the black and brown people. You introduce these uh, characters influenced by uh, you know basically yeah they're basically the Aztec people. They mm. um, you know they come from that part of the world. And they, you know, they're introduced to go at war with, you know, the black, the African characters. But, you know, that's comic book stuff. That's mm-hmm. like, whenever yeah. you have a new character that's introduced 
in comic book in a comic book or or in a comic book movie, they're going to be misunderstood to a degree. Mm-hmm. And you know, we know the history. You know, we more than others, we know the history of Namor, where he's been a villain, but he's also been an anti-villain, or he's sometimes he's been a hero, but he mm-hmm. he's always treaded that line anyway. So him being a like I say an antagonist to Wakanda, to the people who we know to be heroes in the story, it only makes sense. At the end, though, you get this uneasy truce that is developed, mm-hmm. and, you know, that could lead, you know, to some interesting places where you can go with their story going forward. But, uh, you know, it's not necessarily like, you know, it, it was making a statement definitely in the way of, like, what Saul was talking about, where you have uh, these you know these people these you know uh you know you have people who are influenced or manipulated by outside forces who are trying to get at their resources who have tried to colonize and do all these bad things and and they're you know because of the pressure and the uh, and all the, the the negativity that comes from that it causes them to lash out at other you know people of color but you know it's it's there's different ways you can read into it, but it, you know just having that sort of thing involved in a mainstream comic book uh, production like this, like go I say going back to the first movie where you had elements of of <clears throat> you know the black revolutionary struggle that was involved in there, and like I say the Martin versus Malcolm uh, you know uh, debate that Killmonger and T'Challa had their characters represent. Just to have that stuff in a presentation like this, in a production like this, is you know, very groundbreaking stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not the it, it, it makes it rise above the, the level of the typical uh, empty comic book fair that you may have, you know. But uh, Ryan, let, let's get you in it, Everett. Everett or, or Ryan, I should call you. <laughs> but, uh, First what, what were your thoughts on the movie? I'll get to him in a second because he's the worst part of the movie for sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't just don't just say that to try to be cool, no, man. No, like, <laughs> I'll give you exactly what happened. Saw so it the first time, you know, liked it all the way through. I might even like it a little bit better than the first one, but I'm weird mm-hmm. with some of that stuff. But the second time, I was struggling, and this is not just this movie. This is in general. If a movie's not grabbing me. I don't know if it's just I'm too old. I'm falling asleep at the theater. Mm. And I fell asleep the second time through. And a big mm. part of it was there's too much going on. That is my biggest criticism of the film. But in my head, I, I think it was that article you sent, Kyle, when we were, or yeah, it must have been the Ross article. When they said like some quote from mm. some reviewer that it was bringing everything to a screeching halt, like metal on metal screeching, they try to get that, up, that resonated with me because I felt mm. like that was part of the problem with the movie was you had so much interesting stuff going on with Wakanda and all those characters and Telo Khan and all those characters that the irrelevant CIA America was the worst part of the film <laughs> that really didn't need to be put in there. It was almost like this was a true event and they were trying to retell it on screen. And they're like, how do we get Americans to care about this? Let's get the CIA. Let's make the CIA, let's make the CIA pretty, 
okay, you know, not not the bad guys that they typically have right. been in regards well, to black and the African. One, the one, yeah, all the rest are just terrible. Yeah, the, the one, the one guy, yeah, yeah. the one, and the one cool guy. That's, yeah. that's part of it too. Is like unless part of the plan down the road, because whenever you go see a Marvel movie, you know it's a part of a larger. It's a, mm-hmm. a little piece of a larger song. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not just an individual standalone. So is the CIA going to get involved in some future movies being an actual villain or actual character? Because otherwise, what do we need any of that crap for in mm-hmm. Wakanda forever? That was my biggest problem yeah. with all that CIA crap. But thank, thank you for bringing that up, Right, I, I, I got the post in front of me now. Uh, it's a post from uh, SlashFilm.com uh, written by a writer named Shania Russell. And uh, the 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 headline is great. It's called. It says, "For the love of God, please retire Black Panthers Everett Ross from the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe." Yeah. Wow. They, it, the, it, the writer goes in. The writer goes in, and to the writer's credit, you know, they give some props to the the actor who portrays uh, Everett Ross, oh, yeah. Martin Freeman, who I agree as well is is a very good actor. Mm. And you know, he had his moments in the first movie as well. Like he wasn't used as well in this movie, in in large part because yeah, there wasn't really much use for him in the movie. It was you know he was mostly there to sort of sort of connect uh, Wakandans to uh, Riri, which you know. But as, as the post says, as the as the as the article says, you know, a computer kind of could have did that, and <laughs> you know it it was. The quote that uh, Ryan is alluding to is uh, this post quotes an, uh, a review also from Slash Film. Uh, that writer, Chris Evangelista, says every time the film cuts back to Ross and his CIA antics, Wakanda forever grinds to a halt so violently you can practically see metal on metal sparks flying <laughs> off the screen. So he, he went in too. And, and it's, un- it's understandable because you you do have so much going on with Wakanda mm-hmm. and the Talakan and Namor stuff is intriguing all the way through. You don't really need this third element. Like mm-hmm. we understand that yeah, the US wants to get involved with certain things with Wakanda. Wakanda becoming a more open nation means that it's gonna have, you know, issues that it has with other powerful nations, of course, including the US. But, you know, to to have these scenes where, you know, uh, Ross is the focus in a movie called Wakanda Forever doesn't really make sense. And then you you bring in Julia Louis Dreyfus' character, uh, what's the count, Countess? Like, uh, you know, that's a, this this is the stuff like what Ryan's talking about where you have to. It's it's, it's sort of an issue with Marvel movies in general where. The mar- the individual movies can't just be themselves. They have to connect to the larger story that's taking place. And what we're seeing with the CIA stuff in here, I guess, is connecting in some ways to the stories that's going to take place with the Thunderbolts, mm-hmm. that sort of storyline, yeah. that mm-hmm. stuff to come. Because you got uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus' character has already been recruiting characters. Mm-hmm. in other movies and TV shows that are going to uh, take place in the Thunderbolts movie, like um, a USA agent and um, uh, what's... Uh, Bucky. Uh, Bucky. Bucky, yes, of course. Uh, 
Yeah, say it because you said that. Yelena. Yelena, the uh, Black Widow, the essentially the new Black Widow now, but uh, the uh, the old Black Widow sister. So they they're incorporating that stuff and everything. And you have a you know in Black Panther is very much a section of the MCU that sort that stands very much on its own. But you have to also incorporate these other things and incorporate Riri as well, even though that worked better than the CIA stuff did, you're also setting her up for the Lionheart, um, the, the, the Ironheart series right. to come on Disney Plus. So it's, it's, it's a lot of juggling that's going on. And it's, you know, even the director and writer as gifted as Ryan Cougar, it's a lot to ask of them to make all that, even with approximately three hours of time to make them utilize all those things and make them work and have it all, you know, be equally as effective for the audience. I mean, we all know that's Kevin Feige and him stepping in. Like you said, you got to put within the box. You do whatever you want to do, but you got to stay within the box. So, Ryan, let me ask you this. Would you have been okay if they added a second post-credit scene? Yeah. Obviously, the first one. Would you you be okay Mm -hmm. if they added them to a post-second credit scene? That's a great point because that's what I was looking for, honestly. Because while I was watching it, the first movie, I'm like, okay, what is Ju- Julia Louis Dreyfus? What is Agent Ross? Like, what is all this crap? Like, obviously, America's kind of like two level France, vibranium kind of thing. So, let me see, like, how this all kind of like has relevancy. And to your point, if I had seen that post credit scene, I think I would have been much better with it. But without it, it's kind of like. Right, this just feels like it's a waste of time in a movie that could have benefited from that time. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that uh, uh, you could have just added that in the post credit scene. Like, seeing that, like, everything that they – that not, not everything, but I'm saying, like, the main point of what they were talking about and what kind of, like, led to that, it just mm-hmm. seemed like yeah, – it just seemed – yeah, it just seemed meaningless. But they they could have easily added the post credit scene. You have, like, Louis Juli- or Julia Louis-Dreyfus on the phone with, like, the president? Like, hey, we're close. And that's it. We almost got the vibranium in our hands. Hey, we got the lead. We got a lead, sir. I've also heard criticism, not criticism, but kind of, well, yeah, I guess we could say criticism to the storyline for the Riri Williams. I've heard people say that we really didn't need her, although the actress was great in her role. And I think it got a lot more. Yeah, she was very good. She was very good in her role. And I think it also got a lot more people, if they didn't know about the Ironheart series coming to Disney Plus next year, at least this kind of, this probably got the spark in their head. But a lot of people, I've heard quite a few people say, like, listen, they could have just said that, yo, it's a scientist and, you know, it is what it is. And we didn't have to have even Ironheart in this movie. I would only disagree with that because she made the vibranium detector. That's something that carry on forward, and it doesn't have to be with her. You know that a human being can figure out outside of Wakanda an mm-hmm. actual detector for vibranium. So to me, that was significant enough That's in the story that alone can keep her in there. The, I agree. Significant with Ross, on the other hand, that I was like, okay, at least even that little tidbit made a lot of sense for what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, and, and you could have even and done it, like it's not. Oh, it's not. Oh, go ahead, Saul. Go ahead, Saul. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, if you if you didn't want her in the whole movie that they could have done, which I didn't mind, but if you if you wanted to, you know, kind of minimize her role, they could have just did what they did with uh, Spider-Man in uh, Civil War, where, like, they kind of brought him in, 
they had him for a little bit and they sent him home. You know, kind of like yeah. So that, that's yeah. that's another like an alternate thing they could have done with with that character. But but like I said, though, yeah, remember they kept, they kept all Kevin This is all yeah. Kevin Feige's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because like, he's the only one that's making it's, 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 it's like a She-Hulk he where you, you got the machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a She-Hulk where you got the machine, like sort yeah, of like exactly. <laughs> and, and listen, I understand what he's doing. Yeah. I think a lot of people have not been like very high up on phase four. So I'm looking to see exactly what the ramifications of phase four goes into phase five. And maybe people will be like, oh, okay, I figure I see what you was doing. But and we, we should make that we should make that point too for those who been don't know. This yeah. this did mark the end of phase four. Right. And right. phase five begins I guess phase five actually begun with began, I should say, with the Christmas special, the that's I not the... so much. I've heard, I've seen reports saying not so much. It is truly Ant Man three that's going to start. Yeah, I but, and, but, yeah but it really, yeah. it really begins with Ant Man three in February. It's an interlude. It's an interlude. You know, back mm. in the day, you yeah, like, it's a little interlude. That's that's the way <laughs> I look at it. It's an interlude. But uh, but uh, yeah, like this marked the end of phase four, and I guess to that degree, we. Let's let's just go to the let's just jump to the end, and and yeah. what results of this movie. Um, like I said, like we, we spoke to it a little bit before, uh, at the end, of course, uh, Shuri takes on the mantle of the Black Panther. Uh, she she's influenced by doing so mainly by revenge because uh, Namor attacks after after uh, Namor makes. Uh, overtures to uh Wakanda to team up with him and you know be you know be a force against the colonizers and all the other uh powerful nations that are gonna be looking to uh you know take the vibranium away from them or whatnot. Uh they don't go for that because he's a, he's about war and everything. He's, he sort of takes the place of Killmonger from the first movie and in this Barry, you're dead. and you're dead. I'll be here next week. <laughs> and interestingly enough, like Saul says, Killmonger makes the surprise, the surprise appearance in the ancestral plane. Uh, once uh, Shuri is able to redevelop the heart-shaped herb mm-hmm. and take the uh, take the heart-shaped herb in response to, uh, God, I'm, I'm skipping over, I'm skipping over here, but okay, <laughs> let me go back. Uh, Namor makes the overtures to Wakanda. They they refuse. Ramonda, Queen Ramonda, and Shuri aren't don't agree to align themselves with him. He comes back strong. Oh, and 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 the whole thing with Riri is they they want Riri. They want to kill Riri. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> they want to uh, Talakai and Namor want to kill Riri. We blowing up our spot. Wakanda, <laughs> yeah, Wakanda offers protection to Riri. And because of that, he comes back to Wakanda, floods it out mm-hmm. with all his all his water powers, and he winds up killing Ramonda. And uh, that, you know, that's a, there's been a little bit of controversy with that too. Oh, like, uh, you know, Angela Bassett has spoken about, you know, why do we need to kill my character? You know, Did in the movie where we already that? were. Did yeah, she say that? Yeah, she she's always said it. 
Well, wow, well, no, why do that in the movie already uh, mourning, uh, you know, T'Challa and all that? Real quick, let's stop on this point right quick. I'm kind of surprised that she said that. Now, listen, I know all actors and actresses want to work forever, and Angela Bassett, shit, she looks like she's like 45, but she's like 65, so she obviously can keep on working for a very long time. But I didn't think that she would probably want to keep doing this. That's what I thought, too, D. I thought that was her trying to get out. No, it's mm-hmm. interesting that, why, wow, I wonder who call was that to write her off. I'm kind of shocked by that. She I got mean, one show that she an ambulance, you know, she was <laughs> They said she she's she want to work. I guess that, that, that means... the box is her grave. We need her in there. Wow, <laughs> I'm kind of shocked about that. I thought that this I'm but, uh, the way for her to get out of that. And listen, her dying was really the catapult to Shuri becoming a Black Panther. Mm-hmm. She probably and, wouldn't. And, have... and, 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 D, that's that's I think that's the argument that Coogler would make. Actually, I think I've not him, but the co-writer. Uh, Joe Cole, I think, has been quoted about about this. Where, uh, yeah, pretty much. That's why they did it because yeah. that that had to be that ultimate. Because at the beginning of the movie, T'Challa's death wasn't enough for her to want to become Black Panther. Like, like we like we said before, she wasn't gung ho about the Black Panther in general. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. You know, she, was like, she was ready for that tradition to end. Yeah. And. Yeah. The death of Ramonda for her to be like, okay, I, I got to do this now because there's no other protection for our nation, for one. And, I, and, and more than that, I got to get revenge. And right. it's the only way I can get revenge. Well, somebody take, but somebody literally, Namor said it. You brought this upon yourself. Bury your dead. Now you're the queen. When somebody tells you, I just killed all your people, and I killed your mama. I I would I would hope that something deeper down you say like I gotta fuck this guy up. Mm. I gotta get back at this motherfucker. He just mm. killed my mama. I would think so. Ryan laughing, but I would hope so. I would hope I would hope somebody I would hope somebody never oh well, nothing happened to your mama, but somebody do something to your mama. You gotta put hands on them. Mm-hmm. You gotta put hands on them. So I'm very shocked. Why I think that was a good way. I can't think of another way to really kick it off for her for sure to become Black Panther. But like to your point, Cuzzo, she want nothing to do with it. When she met Riri, she was like, "Yo, that's the, that's the old days. You know, we got science, and I protect you, whatever like that. You know, Black Panther ain't coming. That's the old days." I, I think yeah. that was a perfect way, man. You killed my mama. I'm coming for you. Claws out. Yeah, I was gonna say that. But, with, but with, I, with, oh yeah. Right, oh, yeah. right quick, so yeah, go ahead. Two. To, to Angela's point, I think in a movie where you already, to a, a heightened degree, are dealing with grief and pain, mm-hmm. and you no, know, again, this is a comic book movie. Like, you know, it, when you talk about how to distribute those feelings and those things in the narrative, you know, there you can to a you can to a certain point overload those things, that and I whole- think. The whole you thing know, about phase four, it was all about grief. Yeah. I was shocked that they killed her too, but it made sense for the phase. It really did. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm oh, just offering, I'm just offering more of the point that she's saying. Like, 
Right. And if, if, no, it probably was, you know, it probably was just to the point where, like, well, I, I would like to act as the character again, but, uh, but, you think she in, wants- in, in this, in these movies, you always, you already have, you have the ancestral plane. So, like yeah, I said, she- they brought, they brought Killmonger back. Right. So they, they could bring her back for at least a seed or two of the future yeah, movie or probably. I'm sorry, go ahead. And, and there's, there's another way they could, you could bring a lot of characters back. Which I'm gonna bring up in a minute, but Saul, you, you go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say that. I think with uh, you know Shuri, I, if, with the death of uh, of of T'Challa, I feel like it was kind of like she felt like it was her fault that like she couldn't save him. Right? She had a, she was kind of mm-hmm. like suppressing her feelings for that. I feel like, and I thought I thought like she was dealing that in a different. She was dealing with that obviously in a different way than everyone else, and I think it kind of needed like. Like I think, or kind of what they wanted to do, maybe was like they, she needed like another level of grief, like something else to happen for it to unlock that grief and just and it was obviously anger, which I, I you know, so I like that. So like I kind of understand where somebody would come from and saying like it wasn't necessary, but I do see it as necessary in the sense of like to push her to the next level because she wasn't she wasn't really like angry about her her, her brother's death. It was more of like she felt bad, like she could have done something about it or whatever, but. Um, and, and, and she kind of pushing, was pushing it down, but yeah, the, the killing of her mom really was, really was a thing that pissed her off and obviously, and I like the way they did it too. It propelled this movie. And you have, you have to narrow the point. Mm. Go ahead, no, I would say it, uh, it propelled the character and it propelled the movie. It took the movie mm. to the next scene. I mean, to the next act, if you want to say that was a, that was an act that, yeah. was a scene, that was an act. That was a final uh, scene of act two. Mm-hmm. That propelled yeah, so, yeah, the third act. The third, yeah, third act, right, right? In the third, it, and at, in that in that final act, you have the the all out war between Wakanda and Talakan. They have this big fight on the on the what is it, the, the, oh, no. oh. the Wakanda? Yeah. Oh. Wakanda, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of the, the military term like for something like that, but, but yeah, they they it was a battleship. Warship, battleship, yeah. yeah. But they they fight they fight out in the middle of the ocean. I don't know how all them Africans was able to the be willing to fight like that in the middle of the ocean, but they, no, they did it. Oh, to what? The middle of who? Hell, <laughs> <laughs> I've mean, been like, man, you, you gotta, you gotta give, me, <laughs> give me something to float on or something, man. I got. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'll say the same thing. Thinking about Mexicans that we don't, we don't. I don't swim. I don't know how to swim. I'm t- Y'all evolved. They they evolved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I know. I'm saying like from from like if you... speaking of that, the lead character, lead the guy, I can't think of his yeah. name. Uh, oh, the, uh, the he yeah. Wanted to swim. Yeah, yeah he, I saw the, I saw the, the interview he had on uh, Jimmy Fallon. He was like, "Yeah, they asked I swim." I said, "I, I never drowned before." He was. I, I, <laughs> yeah, and and, and and I mean, not like, look, this is when I was like nine years old. I almost did drown. So there's proof right there. That's Mexicans right there. Like, <laughs> we don't know. How to swim. <laughs> it's hardly, it's hardly any. I've almost drowned too. It's hard. D probably yeah. got a story. It's probably a, a hardly yeah. a brother. Uh, it's hardly any of us who had the story about not being in some water. We ain't had no business being in. Can can. If, if Kim was on here, he'll let you know. I can swim like a fish. I can swim like a fish. Like, <laughs> we like a fish. Yeah, so we know Kim. We know Kim. <laughs> we know. 
Right. He's, he's special. He's special. <laughs> your, daddy, your daddy took you to the pool and taught you how to swim. Your daddy was gone. But back to the movie. Uh, that third act, like I said, you have the, 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 the climactic battles and everything. And the, the, what we talk about too with Shuri and her inner, her inner conflicts that she had, that extends to her final battle with Namor, where she's thinking about offing him completely, you know, making him pay for what he did. But, and, and, and encouraged further by Killmonger in the ancestral plane to do so. But she eventually is more influenced by her, you know, what her brother would do. And her mother. And her brother mm-hmm. was sent. Yeah, and her mother and the, the, the example that they set in their lives by being, you know, uh, compassionate and being. You know, more, uh, like I say, more compassionate, more, uh, you know, regal, regal, you know, in, in their way, you know, regal, uh, to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, more, like I say, just not necessarily to inflict pain on others that they don't have to. And, you know, we, we saw that, we saw that, of course, with T'Challa, where he didn't kill, uh, Nemo, Baron Nemo, who killed his father. Right. You know, back in Civil War. So his 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 example has been set in the MCU. And there's actually some people who have mentioned that in the comics T'Challa was actually more of a uh you know, more of a badass in the way. Oh, he where, was. Sure he was too. Yeah, he was he, Yeah, and Shuri Shuri too, yeah. To, like they the comic versions of these characters would would definitely have off yeah. the their they, enemies they, who have right killed, killed their mm-hmm. Yes, but but like I say it's different. It's the MCU, so there's more of a moral imperative that is being no, put across. It's called, it's called Mickey Mouse, though, because it was called Mickey Mouse. That's what's going. That's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> they they it's, it's a corporate a corporatized version that they they can't they can't encourage revenge killing in that way. Mickey don't but, uh, on beaches. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, he say fuck you, I'm killing you. That's what it should have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, Mickey don't encourage that, but you know they they encourage they they'll ha- they'll encourage the lesbian relationship only to the end of the movie though too as as well. That's <laughs> yeah. another. Mm-hmm. That's another. That's slide another thing. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just slide that in real quick. Like, but uh. <laughs> Like I say, at the end of the movie, there's you know there's a a, a fragile piece that uh, is agreed upon you know through Talakan uh, by Talakan and Wakanda through their leaders Shuri and Namor. Uh, you know, name, there's, there's a fascinating scene at the end where Namor sort of speaks to I don't know. Some people said is that I don't know if that's his daughter or. His uh, woman or something like some people no, say both. I think it's just kind of her, kind of his right hand woman. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying That's general right. whatever. Like that. Yeah. I mean, he's old enough to be all the great, 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 great. great yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he probably is, birthed all of them. Yeah. I mean, he could be the he could be the <laughs> the seed. I mean, I mean, the, you know, he could be all they daddy. I guess so. I mean, he does call this. Doesn't he call them my children? 
throughout the movie, I think he kind of does. I think he says that my children or something like mm. that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's out. You know, I'm starting to think very essential. Never mind. Keep going. Though. And, and that, <laughs> also, well, also, the dragon that, got you a little good. And that's 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 yet another element of this that we haven't even spoke to the mutant thing. Uh, Namor is a mutant, mm-hmm. and okay, so, uh, yeah, apparently, I, apparently, he's the first mutant in the MCU because he's like over four hundred years old. So that's another thing that was introduced. Like, like mutants haven't been introduced; it, they've already been introduced to MCU, but. This old of a mutant hasn't been introduced in this. Like okay. it's another thing. Okay, this is my question to y'all then. Okay, so they with uh, the telecoms were able to gain their powers per se, or at least be able to pull oxygen from the water instead of the air when they drunk from the flower, which I believe was vibranium, correctly. So vibranium made them infused with they, they ingested this this cosmic metal. That made them into mutants. Is that the way that that was explained? Am I correct? It was the, like a version of the purple flower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he mentioned that. He mentioned that. Okay, but didn't it have some elements coming from vibranium though? Or is this? Or, or yeah, because the vibranium, uh, yeah, vibranium entered the sea, and yeah. Okay. All right. And, I just want like, to that. That's a good point. I don't know if I understood that clearly. I guess I kind of assumed that the what they drank was like a purple flower, and then just being in the ocean where we know vibranium is, they just harvested it, and the two mm. are not really necessarily related per se. Okay, <clears throat> I mean, so that would be a critique of mine. I had like two, I had like two critiques of the movie. Well, that was, the movie. That was, I, I gotta watch it. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I like I said, I, the, the second and third time I watched it, it was not so much it was to be, to be entertained, but I want to try to see if I can kind of like plug holes in some things that I did not get the first time I watched it, and that was one yeah. of them. That was one of them. Like, okay, so what made so are all the mutants or all the people he said I got more I got more people I got more soldiers than blaze of you blaze of grass that you have. Are all of the mutants? Do we have like all, every telecon? Are they all mutants? Well, I mean, yeah. If, if they all, if they all have that ability to live underwater, I would think. But he's they're... the only one. But no, but he's the only one who can do who can go both. He's the only one to have the wings, the fly around. He's oh, the you're only right. You're right. You're right. He's the you're only right. one who can walk on land and be fine. Because remember, they showed a scene of his mother going from young to old. She grew gills. On the side of her neck, so it's kind of yeah. like okay. So they fully adapted. And the to other them. and the, uh, the soldiers when they were in Boston, they had to have the things. They on. had to have the mask. They had to have the mask. Exactly. So you're right. He, you're right. he was the first one to be born of a human, which I mean, yeah, human. His mother, she drunk it, it ingested in him. He got the ears and the wings, but nobody else did. So that's that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of thing that, to Ryan's point, do we need Agent Ross and, and Julie Louis Dreyfus? To other people's point, okay, do we need that? Do we need a lot of Riri Williams in the movie? Could those things kind of could have been yeah, you a little bit more throughout the movie, so we wouldn't have these questions that I'm, I'm bringing up right now? You know? Yeah, well, I, you, I mean, it's, it's, it's all it's all valuable critiques. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. 
I don't know how much the God factor plays in it too, because they said that the person was given a vision from their God for the flower. And mm. then they made the God made the promise that the first child born would be the King and he would be the one that leads the people type thing. Mm. I don't know how much of that is part of the, like the God prophecy versus mutant type thing. Mm, okay. Right. Well, I, I guess as as the mutants become more established in MCU, I guess they'll be tied into because they got they got to in some way speak to the origins of mutants in the main MCU universe. Well, like, we you know, mutants. they can't, when we had two just going on land and slinging that thing around, we got all these different mutants. He's <laughs> just slinging that thing around. <laughs> <laughs> I can't come up every once in a while. Hello, ladies. Look at my look at my wing. Look at my wing. But but we have we have two mutants so far in the MCU. We have Kamala Khan, and now we have Namor. Those are the two mutants that we know for sure are mutants. Now I don't know if you want to look at there been other smaller characters too. Like remember the guy in, in She Hulk, the uh the guy who couldn't die? He apparently is a mutant too. The the, the the seamstress dude? No, nah, the guy who uh he had all the wives in that one episode. Oh he you're kept, right. he kept, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Immortal. Mr. Immortal. Yeah, you're right. He is a mutant. Yeah, see that's what the, yeah. I don't know how they're gonna do this. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm guessing yeah. mutants are gonna come into like phase seven. Like Ooh. after the after the yeah, <laughs> look at Ryan, like shit. That's a while off, though, man. <laughs> but but we're gonna be a wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying we ain't gonna have movies by then, man. We're gonna I mean, be listen, all watching stuff. Like, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna y'all know it's gonna go past that. I mean, it's already 2023, basically. Yeah. Then the final Avengers is gonna be 2026. It's only three years from now. So it's gonna go past that. Avenger cut down yeah. on Agent Ross and anything like it. If we're gonna go to Phase Seven, <laughs> hey man, they making that money, Ryan. They making that money. So go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. All right, well, let me uh, let me get uh, back to the end. As I'm trying to wrap up this part of the conversation, but okay, like I say, it's a fragile piece. To, uh, Namor, you know, he's he speaks to you know his his. Uh, uh, right hand and and it tells her like look we're they're gonna need us uh speaking as uh, uh Wakanda's gonna need us at some point that only makes us stronger because they they're gonna need us and and so you have this uneasy piece that's there and you know you have the elements of future stories to come where you have these two societies nations that are uh, rich in vibranium we already know the importance of vibranium in the MCU, uh, other nations, other uh, nations actually, you know, uh, actualized nations, uh, or you know, uh, maybe some uh, MC, I mean, some Marvel nations, maybe the the likes of uh, of a Latveria or some may come into play as well. You know, a lot of people were speaking that uh, about their want or uh, want for Doctor Doom to be uh, involved in this this movie at some point, but he wasn't, but, uh, you know, who was in uh, an, another new character that was involved, that was introduced in this movie by its end was T'Challa's son. 
And uh, you know, after everything wrapped up, that was that was the only, you know, we spoke about the uh, the end credit scenes. And I think this was part of the reason why there wasn't any sort of end credit scene that was like that we've typically gotten in the MCU where it forwarded story to another film or another project. Um, they 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 kept that the the only uh, extra scene in the movie was used to introduce T'Challa's son, who Tuscan. apparently you know Toussaint Toussaint is his name in uh in Haiti. We haven't we ain't speak anything about the Haiti stuff in this there's <laughs> so much in this damn movie, man. It's crazy. A lot of- <laughs> but the Kia the Kia played by the lovely uh Lupita uh God what Lupita no Lupita no, Lupita. Uh no Lupita the young uh Lupita. Mm-hmm. Uh as, you know uh she of course in the first movie she was uh, T'Challa's love interests of a sort, though they had history. Uh, off camera, apparently, they wound up getting together in between the two movies before the the blip and everything too, because this child is is old. He's lived through the whole blip and the whole uh, you know that that five year period. So he's about he's got what's well, five six at this point now. And um, yeah, yeah, so. He he's introduced in Haiti when um uh Shuri comes to Haiti at the end of the movie to undergo this uh this final uh you know burning of of the of the the clothes that she wore to send uh in the in the burial of Chichala. She you know, there's a whole thing about burning your clothes and saying a final goodbye to your loved one who's passed. She does that in Haiti. Uh, to to send to you know finally let go of her feelings both for T'Challa and for her mom and uh, you know Nakia comes after that and introduces her nephew to uh, to Shuri and it's it's a wonderful scene and very emotional uh, you know just final you know shot to the gut for for everyone who was you know I guess you know everyone who's been invested in this movie I think it's hard to not feel some sort of I don't know exactly. I, I'll ask you guys what you feel exactly about that scene and what it made you feel, but it, it's it's emotion involved and there's it's it's sort of it was a pretty clever way to get around the whole thing about recasting T'Challa. You know, you mm-hmm. sort of doing it in a different way where you know you have this child now who will grow up in the MCU and you know you have to expect that you know in 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 a phase or two this child is going to be old this character is going to be old enough to be played by a young actor who can you know uh take on the things that Chadwick would have taken on had he still had he still been around and this character will be this new T'Challa T'Challa 2 Toussaint mm-hmm. will be that new Black Panther in the MCU. So I guess that's the last thing we'll speak about with the movie is, you know, the future going forward. Do you think that was a, a suitable way to handle this whole thing with T'Challa and the, the hole that it left in the Black Panther franchise and the MCU as a whole? And, you know, 
what do you think? Well, do you expect that going forward? That T'Challa, you know, maybe he'll be a young Avenger and then a full fledged Avenger going forward. And certainly, he's he's the he's the eventual king of Wakanda because of his love his lineage. So, you know, what do you think about all that? Ryan, go and kick it off. I liked it a lot. Um, like you said, it's a creative way to get a new actor to play T'Challa, and you can stay really true to the comic books. Not that I know too much, but from just hearing y'all, Shuri can be it for a little bit, then you can bring on a new person, and that's usually how it goes anyways. Um, and I think uh, it's it's interesting, too, because like, I, I think what you pointed out with growing up in the MCU they can do some interesting things with this character. Like, what is a T? Like, almost like Paul, you brought up with Spider-Man in Civil War. Just like this teenager comes out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, look at T'Challa, basically. And you can just have this character kind of pop in and out of series and shows and kind of grow up in the MCU and almost test that out, especially when you've got a ton of other characters like mutants and the next Iron Man or you know, any of these people that are going to grow up and become these characters too. And you don't have to wait like an appropriate amount of phase time to bring in like an adult actor to start playing that type thing. Yeah. And, no, and, I, and, I, and I, I may mention, I may mention the young Avengers, you know, you already have a series, you have a, a, you have a number of characters already established who are either children or of current Avengers or apprentices of, of, you know, mentees as it were, you know, uh, that's, you know, you have it in Thor, you have it in uh, Hawkeye, you have, you know, uh, Wanda's kids, you have, uh, you know, uh, Hulk's son has been introduced now, yep. you know, you, the, uh, there's a, the uh, young captain, young captain America, the, the, yeah, they're, they're, the, yeah, basically, like I say the Young Avengers squad is is beat the, the they're setting the uh, the basis down for that already in the MCU and and this like I say this new T'Challa could be definitely involved in that mix. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, uh, and that's how you, that's how you keep this going twenty years when we're all old. <laughs> <laughs> You're marketing it to another generation of people. And, and there, there's going to be a lot of people who don't like that. Again, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, you know, speaking ahead to our next topic. But uh, like, go ahead, so. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was going to say that uh, I, I I didn't expect that. Like the whole him having a son thing at that, you know, at that point, at this point, I should say, or at least them, for them to introduce it at this point. Um, so it was a cool surprise, and I like the way that they, that they did it. I was gonna say too that scene where Shuri kind of like finally, um, like not necessarily comes to terms, but she kind of feels right the grief at the end, and she's sitting by the fire, and and uh, she's kind of you know you know remembering her brother. Um, I really like how they did that. I always I always like when movies uh, do it like that, where it's like silent and you just see see like cuts of of scenes like that because I feel like that's how it happens in your head, right? It's like you you don't have music in your head as stuff stuff like that is happening, so. I like that they did that, and I do like the direction they're going in with that with um, his son. And, yeah, they could do a lot of things with that. And also it would be cool to, like – I mean, this is a super minuscule part of it, but it would be cool to see if they ended up using that kid as, you know, as the actual uh, T'Challa. 
because it's cool to see like the kids growing up or whatever. But depending on when it when it is going to happen. But uh, also uh, to kind of with with Namor, like people are wondering where it's going to go because uh, it just came out recently that uh, I, I saw a little bit of it. I didn't get, get delve too much into it, but that they they don't have much to. They, they don't own all of his rights. His rights are very complicated and who, how, who oh, owns yeah. them, right? Okay. So, like, because yeah. people were thinking, oh, like, you know, create his own movie or they get his own movie, blah, blah, blah. But apparently oh. it's not that not that easy. So, um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested as to how they, you know, with Ironheart and all that. So, um, definitely like the ending and how they did that there. That's a good point, though. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, that's going back for a long time. And it's mm-hmm. part of the reason why his character hasn't been introduced Prior to this, mm-hmm. I, I've read a report too about uh, uh, Ryan Cougar being interested in uh, having Namor or Namor be involved oh, in yeah. the first movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, you know, but they kept they kept holding them back and saying that uh, it's not the time yet to uh, introduce this character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Well, the biggest thing for me, as far as like the uh... The end credit scene, uh, mid credit scene, basically of the movie. Uh, also, a little history going to the name of Toussaint. That's the leader who basically freed Haiti. Uh, Toussaint Overture. Yeah, he's a he's a uh, the revolutionary leader. So that kind of set. That's kind of letting people know if they do the history, look it up. Uh, where they envision this character to go, you know, he is going to be possibly, you know, say the next Black Panther. Uh, other thing too, real quick, when I saw it the first time. When he was walking up, when he was when um, uh, Nikita was holding her hand, or the Peter Wong was holding his, the character's hand, whatever like that, it seemed as if his head and arms were like lank, lanky, whatever like that. So I was like, "Is this kid gonna be like uh, Mister Fantastic or something?" It, I had to watch it every time. I, <laughs> every time I've seen the movie, the three times I've seen it, I keen in on that. I don't know if it was the angle of the screen. Jack Krakowski holding a head like, like what is going on? It seemed as if the kid's arms and I'm legs, back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of lanky. So wait a minute. So when he said, yo, can you keep a secret? I was like, yo, are they about to say something about Fantastic Four? Because listen, Fantastic Four, Black Panther, and uh, Namor, they have a very tight-knit relationship as well. Obviously, they didn't do it. You know, basically said that um, the kid is the child's, you know, so um, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's going to be a setup for the Young Avengers. There's playing those C's now. You have the characters already kind of spread out. I thought maybe they was going to bring another Black Panther in through like the multiverse because we still are in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Saga. Yeah, I thought that's what the way it was going to go. They didn't go that route. I guess it still could go that route. I mean, because you got Secret Wars and that's like everybody's got to be there. <laughs> So you never know. You never know. But I, I kind of like the way they kind of like ushered that in, ushered that new character. Because for how long, how many people are saying like, yo, you can't just get rid of the Black Panther. I mean, he's too, and now too much of a, of, of a cultural icon, especially within the Black community, African-American community, uh, even o- o- overseas too. He's too much of a, a character just to kind of like kill off in a sense. You know, say much respect to Chadwick, but I thought that they would probably do something with that. So now I think for a long time, Kevin Feige, Ryan Coogler's like, "Yo, we're not recasting them. We're not recasting them." I think this was kind of like, "Okay, y'all," and we know we haven't been saying we're not recasting them, but this is how we're going to bring the Black Panther and T'Challa back into the MCU. I think it was a it's, clever way. It's clever. It's, 
it was pretty clever. It, it, it wasn't pandering in in any particular way because much like any other argument that is mostly based online, this becomes so heated where it's like it it, it becomes mixed up with these other things where it's like you have people being like, well, it isn't enough to have a black female hero. You got to have the brother, you know, uh, be and, 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 and all these other fault lines of argument that have emerged because, you know, because of the, the, the main thing where it's just like people just don't want to see uh, this character go and everything. Also too, but it's a comic know. book movie, everybody. Shit ain't real. It ain't real. <laughs> you can't, it's so many, so many people. It, it's real to them. It, it's they, real to they me. They like the dude with wrestling. But uh, I was gonna say one more thing about that. To me, I don't know if, if any of y'all thought about this, but for no. me too, it, 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 it's talking about real life and just the legacy of Chadwick Boseman. It's sort of a bit of wish fulfillment too. Because Chadwick unfortunately didn't bear a child yeah. in his real life, mm-hmm. so I think if you look at that in the way of you know the of extending a sort of connection to the audience, mm-hmm. all of us who thought so dear of Chadwick Boseman and it was like, man, it's such a tragedy that he isn't living on and that he hasn't had, you know, he there isn't a little Chadwick that he's left us in real life, you know, this character and, you know, this world, you know, that's so connected to him. That's always going to be connected to him. You have that sort of thing going on. So, so, you know, forever, I just, I just forever within the black, black folks here, when that kid grows up, his name, gonna be, <laughs> he's going he gonna to be little Chadwick. What? That's little Chadwick. Right yeah. Yeah. And everything. But it's like, that's little Chadwick right there. Look, look, I see the child. Yo, man, what do you do? Yeah, he, he was like 50 years old. He was trying to kill for cancer. He'd be like, oh, that's little Chadwick. Dude. He was in the Black Panther. You know what that is? It's little Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for him. Good for him, man. Yeah, why not? Those checks still. Like I said, the one. You're damn right, Ryan. The checks still cash, man. <laughs> yeah, man, that's you know, that's that's some crazy uh, residuals too, man. That movie gonna be running a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sad, man. That's why you got to get in one of these movies, man. I, you know, D, you got a you got a future filmmaker, man. You, you oh, know. hey, listen, man, I, Ryan over there, poo poo in Phase Seven. Let me tell you something, bro. I hope we get to Phase Thirty Five. And Gracie, <laughs> like, Gracie, you made it, baby. I know you made all the other Oscar movies. Yeah, you made it to the MCU. Then. We gotta go thirty-five. She can be a child star. Can we start yeah. at ten? Can we go to ten? <laughs> whatever, whatever's clever. Well, whatever's clever. But that, that I think that works. A, that works a nice little uh, transition into my my final subject for the day yeah. uh, for this session. Like just speaking to the sort of conflict that's arrived in entertainment with so many people, you know, respected filmmakers and actors and actresses who have spoken has some negativity about the the MCU in one way or another, and um, you know, that's the thing about this this 
I, I think I think about it in a historical fashion where you've had eras that were dominated by different types of movies. Like you had the Western era, you had the musical era, and and these movies. There were times where these movies were very much like they were the the mainstream movies of the time. Those were the movies that made the most money, and they were though deeply indebted in the culture of that time but they went away at some point yeah and now when we look at it now you got about 20 years where comic book films have been involved you know kind of going back to in deeply Vogue, in, like Vogue, to a certain level do in Vogue, they've been keeping the, the movie industry alive shit they more and than that, that's what I'm, 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 I'm getting but like going back to like O two when you had like Spider, it was pretty much just Spider Man and X Men. I think O two was when Spider Man two and X Men two came out that same mm-hmm. year. Yeah. So you had that by O eight. You have the Dark Knight. The same summer you have Dark Knight and uh, Iron Man. The first Iron Man comes out, and everything explodes from there. Mm-hmm. And that's and it comes to the point where now, like you say, the the whole industry is basically subsisting off of yeah. these uh, movies, these yes. you know these 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 franchises, and uh, you know Marvel, especially DC to a degree, but especially Marvel. And you know, I say people, there's been some resistance to that because you have directors like Martin Scorsese who. On you know we they're never gonna get into that sort of stuff. No. They they view cinema as a different animal. It's 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 more of a serious thing for them, and they don't see these movies and these performances as serious uh, works of art as and in the cinematic sense. And you know Quentin Tarantino, who I think is more of in in the in between mm-hmm. art and uh, exploitation, as it were. You know, he's he came out recently and said that you know these characters are really the draw in regards to you know the people who are acting in them. And you know, we've there's been some amazing actors, you know, uh, people who have drawn money in other projects and stuff who have acted in as Avengers and as other comic book heroes. But he says that the real draw is always those characters. The IP, as it were, the intellectual property is the draw. And these people who are acting in these movies are not necessarily movie stars. Now, he's had some resistance, of course, right away to that to that statement, you know, from none other than a guy who he's used a lot, Samuel L. Jackson, who is, you know, he says that, you know, people are these people who do these movies are movie stars. They make the money. They make their movies make money, so that means that they're movie stars. And Sam, I think Sam is his movies have made more money than any actor He's in the history of film. Yep, gross, yeah. So he speaks. He speaks to that. You know, personally, when he says that, you know, my movies make money, so I'm a movie star. Yeah. And and I think. Going back to, you no, know, I say going off this discussion that we've had so far today about the impact of Chadwick Boseman, I think you can't really say that Chadwick was not a movie star in the way that he impacted other people's lives. He impacted the lives of people who saw him 
in the movies that he made. Now you can you can make an argument. I think a lot of this has to do when you when you look at the mentality of people like Quentin Tarantino or uh, or Scorsese or Spielberg. I think he said a little something too recently, but you know it's it's it's, it's really it really what this comes down to. Every time one of these directors has a new movie coming out or new project, people ask them about Marvel and they they use is we get yeah, if if you have a little media training, you know what's going on here. It's like this is a way to get your views up. You know, if you're, hmm. you know, uh, if you're a website, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever uh, publication you're part of, you want to get your views up. If I have Quentin Tarantino in front of me, or Martin Scorsese, or whoever, whatever brand name directors in front of me, I'm gonna ask them about Marvel and get them to say something a little controversial, so that you know, you know. And so on, but you know th- this this stuff isn't going to end anytime soon because Marvel isn't going to end. But the conflict too in in Hollywood being so trendy and being so uh, copycat, yeah, I think the the studios have failed in a lot of ways by not providing uh, you know original stuff to offset the uh, the Marvel movies and the DC movies and the comic book stuff. That you know, you know, original stuff that adults can, uh, you know, really latch on to outside of the characters that we love in these movies. Like, yeah, a lot of adults love comic book movies because these movies are giving us stuff that other movies aren't giving us. You know, we want to see other movies be dope too, but you know, we we like these. So, you know, I, I don't know. I I, I just. My whole thing about it is, like I say, the comic book movies aren't going anywhere. The movie, the people who occupy these these movies are stars. You can't tell me that Robert Downey Jr. isn't a movie star. You can't tell me that, you know, even though Chris Evans didn't really find his thing until he became Captain America, when he became Captain America, he became a movie star. You know, uh, uh, my man, uh, 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 Star Lord, uh, Chris, yeah, what's Chris Pratt. Name? Uh, Chris Pratt, yeah, Chris Pratt, yeah. Mm-hmm. And these movie, these movies make movie stars. Um, my man Simu, who who acted it, uh, who, who of course portrayed, uh, uh, Chief. Shang-Chi? uh yeah, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had a great, let me get, let me get this quote up from him responding to, uh, Tarantino. Uh, right quick. I mean, but did, but did he, he made it. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Kozo. You found it? Uh, no, uh, give me, go ahead. Just give me a second. Um, I was going to say, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, it, how are you going to say Scarlett Johansson isn't a movie star? She's been a movie star. Since yeah, she's been, that's yeah. another, another great example. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Anthony Mackie, all these people. Listen, if you aren't if your agent isn't getting you into a MCU movie, you should fire that agent because they're the <laughs> ones making all the money. Listen, when it comes down to it, what it's about, dead presidents, moolah, cash, straight cash, homie. That's what it's coming down to. I mean, you want to have a good story? Yes. You want to entertain? Yes. But it comes down to money. And these folks are bringing in money. Billions of dollars. The top, I believe, the top ten movies 
highest grossing movies, they all, I'm mean, not all, but like five or six of them are Marvel movies. If you, I remember, I remember riding back with Ken from the score. We had did a late night show or maybe a podcast. I don't remember. And he was still watching The Walking Dead. And I was like, he was even like, man, they should just end it. I was like, dude, they gonna make a musical with these zombies singing before they turn that shit off. <laughs> because it's making too much money. It's true. It's making too much money. Rick you, is gonna you see like, now it's about five or six. It's about exactly say the main show is ending. It's about right. five or six spinoffs. They got it's about five on. or six spinoffs. Rick is going. Rick is going to be doing a song and dance scene with a zombie. <laughs> I, listen, I would tell her ass, motherfucker, you don't get your ass out there and sing and dance with that zombie. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all about money. So that's the part where I don't understand with Quentin Tarantino. It's like, brother, I know you understand. You making movies. You want to be an artist, but you also got bills to pay, mm-hmm. and you got investors to pay back. And these studios gonna look at you like homeboy. Kill Bill Five wasn't hitting it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know you. It's all about money. So that's the part. I got my other points to it, but that's the part that I just don't. I don't. I don't get it because hey. about the quote. I got I got the I got the quote up now from from C. Lulu, and this is the best quote regarding this whole discussion that I've that I've read. But uh, you know, he speaks to diversity. Uh, Simu does in this quote, and the fact that these movies have also allowed a lot more voices and a lot more points of view to be established in Hollywood amongst the top rank that wouldn't have been there in the so-called golden age back in the day. But this is the quote. If the only gatekeepers to movie stardom came from Tarantino and Scorsese, I would never have had the opportunity to lead a 400 million plus movie, uh, wrote Lou. I'm quoting from IndieWire.com. And, you know, of course, Shang-Chi is what he was uh, what he's talking about. A big hit uh, for made $432 million overall. Uh, The quote, he, he goes on further to say, I am in awe of their filmmaking genius. They are transcendent auteurs, but they don't get to point their nose at me or anyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and one, one more thing, like speaking towards the whole thing about, you know, these are the only movies being made. These are the only movies making money. But Simu uh, says, no movie studio is or ever will be perfect, but I'm proud to work with one that has made sustained efforts to improve diversity on screen, by creating heroes that empower and inspire people of all communities everywhere. And that's, that's basically what it comes down to for me too. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll say, I'll say this too, like with the, you know, with what Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino, every time they come up with, or they come out with these quotes is like, look, I love those directors. I think they're awesome directors. I mean, some of my, you know, one of my favorite movies is the departed. One of my favorite movies is, you know, you know, Django Unchained, all, all those movies in there. Right. But it's like I, it's almost up to the it's just up to the audience, right? It's like how you interpret the movies, how you take in the movie. Like it's not that serious. Like it's not to be like, oh, like it kind of makes it out to seem like, hey, those are you know, this is a real movie, this is a real movie. But it's like, dude, it's like they're all they're all movies. It's just how you take in. It's different topics. It's different, uh, different uh, genres. And like I kind of look. I'm not saying I, I agree with them, but I think the thing the thing with them is they're just frustrated that their types of movies aren't the thing anymore right i think like you know and i look i'm 28 i can only speak on it so much i grew up with just like marvel movies mostly and like uh you know seeing even spider-man how big that was back in the day with tommy mcguire and stuff 
Uh, but like, I, I can't imagine a world where, where like those movies are the main thing, which I wouldn't have a problem with. But like, I, I don't think anybody would ever complain. And I mean, you guys can talk about this more, but like, I don't see how anybody would be like, oh, these, you know, every era has its own thing. I don't, I, I mean, did people, I mean, did people complain about Westerns? Who knows? I, I don't, I wouldn't know. But like, uh, I just don't understand. Uh, I mean, that probably, that probably was back in the day. Yeah. I, I, would, yeah. I would imagine definitely from our point of view, where like back in the day where you had John Wayne always, uh, you know, yeah. gunning down Indians and, say, maybe and the Indians have to, most of Indians, the Indians were playing yeah. white people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, all this stuff, all, like Hollywood has been foul for so many, for so long. And it's like, one of the things that these movies today are doing, these comic movies, they're getting, they're, they're evening the playing field and they're, and they're rising, they're raising up the profile of so many people, like Sinu said, who otherwise wouldn't be let in the door. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's valuable to me and to, I think, you know, I can speak, I think for you guys too, and for so many of our audience, you know, that's, that's valuable stuff. So, you know, either, you know, for the, for these other filmmakers, either step up and, and really there's nothing that's really stopping Tarantino from making movies, but he, he wants to be like, Oh, I made, I'm just making 10 movies and I'm out. Mm-hmm. That That's how, that's what he want to do. That's what he want to do. But you're not adding to the zeitgeist of film beyond what you doing in your movies. If that's all you want to do, uh, you know, uh, uh, Scorsese has done a lot f- to advocate for other filmmakers and produce other films and do and uh, uh, on top of the stuff he's already done. So I, I understand where he comes from, but at the same time, like you say, saw these the people are speaking for the movies that they want, right. and they go out to see these, films and they say we want more. The you know. They didn't come out for the Irishman like that. The Irishman was too damn long for some for a lot of people. So yeah, it was. You know, you know that's you know yeah. I fell asleep on that a couple of times watching it on Netflix. So you know, look, it's all of, you got to make the stuff that people want to make if you want to make that money and keep that profile that you want. But but I say they don't have no problem really. It, there there are other there may be other filmmakers of a lower scale. Who more indie filmmakers and stuff like that who may have issues getting the projects that they want done, and I feel for them. But you know, a lot of a, a lot of filmmakers have been picked out of obscurity by Marvel. When yeah. you look at Ryan Coogler and uh, yeah, the Russo brothers. Yeah. Uh, what's the director who did uh, Eternals? The well, she um, had just won. She no, she won that security. She, she just won the Oscar. She had won for best. Yeah, she just won the name right now. Yeah. Chloe's, Chloe's Chloe's out. Yeah, Chloe's, Chloe's out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know they, but they give big, they give big budgets and allow these directors to do things that they wouldn't do in any other studio. So I mean, like I said, if I was if, if I was a director. Of their type, of their of their type, of their stature, I'd be encouraging all this stuff and like, look, let's let's spread the money and and try to give back to other filmmakers and other people who want to do more interesting, do other type of interesting stuff, and just spread the wealth instead of hating on these movies that pe- that was people have responded to and that people do want to see more of. Like I said, they're not going anywhere soon. They're not going. Away anytime soon. Yeah. Ryan, what you think? 
Um, I guess I see a little bit where they're coming from. Like, ultimately, I disagree with the Tarantino and the, uh, like, Scorsese hatred. I think, Saul, you brought up a great point. Like, movies, they don't have to be super serious all the time. Like, people just want to sometimes just go into things. And especially when you're talking about comic books, like, a lot of the reason why we go see this is we watched them as a kid it's very nostalgic something we grew up with ourselves like there's a connection beyond just like here's an action movie Mm -hmm. like it is something a little bit more Mm -hmm. than that but i do get where they're coming from and d you even brought this up earlier that i think is a great point that i also just kind of i think came up with without thinking about it why i like wakanda forever is because they did and even wakanda is or i'm sorry black 